2: Live from Shelley's Back Room. It is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics live on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your moderator, Justin Russell, joining me around the table, Congressman Al Swift, Bob Hines, Carl Tuvin, Alan Moore, Dan Lipner, and Rear Admiral Ken Carradine. It's Tuesday, which means it's time for Backroom Politics. Let's join the roundtable live in Shelly's Backroom, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., You've never heard of it is Backroom Politics Live from Shelley's Backroom, 1331 House Street in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, DC. Joining me as they do every Tuesday, better late than never. To my left, he is the former vice president of government affairs for the National Broadcasting Corporation, Bob Hines. Hello, Bob. How are you doing? To my eleven o'clock, he is the former eight term member of Congress representing Washington, second congressional district. He is Congressman Al Swift. Hello, Congressman Al. Congressional district. It's got an R in it. Oh, it's that Boston accent kicking <laughs> in. Deal with it. And uh, to my 12 o'clock, she is the former general counsel to the Homeland Security Committee under Benny Thompson and Obama appointee Denise Krupp. Hey, Dustin. And to my 1 o'clock, he is the former undersecretary of commerce who served at last count under four presidents. He's a very distinguished fellow at the Simpson Center. One time Washington insider, Ellen Moore.
3: Hey, Justin. And
2: to my right, he is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy, Admiral Ken Caradine. And happy to be retired. Happy to be retired, absolutely. So here's, here's what's going on. We've got a lot to talk about, obviously. Uh, as we started off the show earlier, a little bit of a technical glitch. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for getting us set back up and, and fixed up again. We've got a lot to talk about, starting with what's happening in the polls. Breaking news coming out this morning was a CNN poll that was released today that has uh, Donald Trump, along uh, likely among likely voters, a 47 to 45 percent lead over Hillary Clinton. That's likely voters. Registered voters, it reverses a little bit. It has Hillary Clinton at 45, Donald Trump at 43 that is among registered voters, but both are still within the margin of error. What has happened, though, is the big news is is that Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State, Democratic nominee, has literally squandered a double-digit lead after the Democratic National Convention. The big question now is, what happened? Uh, Alan Moore, what's going on here? Hillary Clinton has literally lost this big lead is, is she really taking a bad strategy on
3: it? Well, so let's, let, let's understand the lead, what it is and what it isn't. Um, she's still in the lead. Uh, the Washington post also did a poll of all 50 States. And it shows that she has at least a four point advantage in enough States to provide her 244 electoral votes of the 270 she needs. It's within the margin of error in, uh, more than 100 states that represent 150 or so electoral votes. Trump has a, a significant lead in the rest. So uh, it, it, it is the, the, the race has closed. I, I'm not totally comfortable saying that she squandered it because most most of us have predicted that it would close. Now, having said that, given all of the self-inflicted wounds that Donald Trump has, uh, has committed to himself and continues to do, it is staggering. It is amazing that this race is closing at it as close as it is. What did Hillary do to deserve that? She earned a reputation of being not trustworthy. And then this year, there have been a series of events, most of which relate to the emails, the hidden emails, the, the the private email system that she set up, and then slowly dribbling out the content of emails about Benghazi, about confidential information that she said she never moved on this private system, and then in the last couple of weeks, revelations about embarrassing connections between the Clinton Foundation and uh, Secretary Clinton's uh, uh, staff, which make one wonder whether she fulfilled her commitments and promises to the administration when she became Secretary of State, and whether the Clinton uh, Foundation fulfilled its, its signed uh, promised responsibilities. This stuff adds to the lack of belief, lack of trust, And we can see that even somebody so widely uh, ridiculed and discredited as Donald Trump is now within spitting distance on the national polls and certainly not out of the realm of possibility of of prevailing. Congressman Al. I think also the fact
1: that she, while Donald Trump was beginning to gear up and start doing – public meetings, and so forth, she basically took two weeks off to go raise funds, which she probably doesn't need, but she just took herself off of the stage for two very important weeks.
2: But, Bob Hines, there's another dynamic here. It it seems to me that, you know, Donald Trump had a ton of gas in his last week with the situation with his immigration policy speech, the visit to Mexico, did Hillary Clinton capitalize on that opportunity or was this an opportunity missed for her campaign? Well, I
4: obviously she didn't do any, she didn't take advantage of it, but she may be, she may have been more engaged in trying to reorganize and restructure reorganize her operation. After all, You know, just yelling about the other guy is no good. If you're not, if you're in bad shape with the public, you're still in bad shape with the public. What surprises
2: me about this, Bob, is is quite frankly, the Hillary campaign. We had gotten the impression was the organized one. They've got ground operations in every major swing state. Donald Trump does not to speak of. Uh, Hillary Clinton's got major media buys going. The Trump campaign has minor buys happening in certain states. It seems that we missed, there was a shift, a dynamic shift in what we thought was an organized campaign seems to be trying to remove. I think you're right. That mm-hmm. it means
4: correct. Okay.
5: Look, it's always smart to go for the money. Always going to be smart to go for the money because, you know, it costs a lot. So, yeah, with what Congressman Renell said, should she have spent two solid weeks going for the money? I don't know but it's August. It was late August. Everybody was going back to school. Nobody was paying attention. Do I think the numbers are going to change? Absolutely, because most of us are parents, especially my generation, and they just took their kids to school. They've been focusing on other things, and now, unfortunately, as the fed say, now they're focusing on it, and I think the numbers are going to change. Animal
0: Ken. Of the polls that I saw this morning, this is from that same CNN ORC block. Hillary Clinton was in was, was behind Donald Trump in double digits on the trustworthiness factor. So, you know, I, I guess I, I keep seeing that, that Saturday Night Live skit where John Lovitz is playing Dukakis, and he, and he says about H.W. Uh, uh, Bush, I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. Right. And, and, and Hillary, Hillary Clinton, you know, Democrats across the table here, guys, how are you losing to this guy? Why is it there a bigger gap between uh, yourselves and Trump? Here's a guy... So as later today, Donald Trump uh, had a had a had a rally. It was sort of a sit down chat with General Michael Flynn, right. former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency. And so Flynn asked him some very substantive questions. What do you think of Hillary Clinton's uh, plan, uh, national security plan, and you know what's your what's your uh, uh, what's, what's your approach? Uh, what do you think about uh, our situation uh, with the president's uh, treatment uh, by the president of Philippines, and how would you handle it? All Trump did for almost 25 minutes was just say bad stuff about Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton without ever answering the question. This guy is the in, the embodiment of an empty suit, and I don't understand why the Democrats can't get
2: their act together and, and put up a better defense. But, but Congressman Now, going off of that, you know, when asked about how he would defeat ISIS, he says, I have a secret plan. <laughs> that, 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 that's just about a comic
1: book, Congressman Al.
2: Yes, we don't see
1: the Clinton camp firing back. Well, she fires back from time to time, not in the last couple of weeks to be sure. But the, the the third factor here that raises big questions in my mind is what in the hell has happened to the minds of the people? I mean, uh, the polls don't come from nowhere, and. Uh, I think, I think she's done a pretty good job of chopping him up, hasn't done much good. He's certainly done a great job of chopping himself up, and it hasn't really taken. Denise Frapp?
5: It's the emails. Kudos to the Republicans. I mean, I, you went in for one thing thinking you were going to get something with Benghazi. You came out with something else, and it's, it's those emails. And we as Democrats have to be able to address them. But, but and, and, and and not only do we have to be able to address them, but it goes to what you're talking about. That that it, it's touching the trust the trustworthy factors, and we've got to be able to address it. And it's got to be it, we've got to
0: do it over the next. And and So we've talked about about the two big items that came out of the email scandal, uh, at length on the show. One. Um, you the lack of real contrition being shown by her, especially after uh, Secre- uh, 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 after Comey, Director Comey's presentation on the on the Hill and his news conference, and then two, the inability to, to distance themselves substantially from the Clinton Foundation. Why wait until she's elected president before she decides to cut the cord? You know what? You got you guys are you guys are just you're burying yourselves in, in minutia and it's not helping you. But Bob uh, lines.
4: integrity. Honesty, the biggest problem that Mrs. Clinton has is a lot of people don't think she has. It. And I think it's it's probably going to be very difficult. It's awfully, when, once that is hung around your neck, it's awfully hard to get away.
2: Fair enough. But Alan Moore, at, at the same time, you know, we're coming into the post-Labor Day downstretch of the election. We're 69 days from Election Day. It seems to me that raising money is good, but getting the message out to counterbalance all the issues that she has to face, credibility, emails, Benghazi, Clinton Foundation, you know, at what point do you balance out the money? The surrogates are only going to go so far. Well,
3: look, I don't have a quarrel with her focusing on raising a lot of money. She's going to spend a lot of money. And I'm I'm not critical of of how she spent that amount of time. I was not a huge fan of that big major speech where she took uh, Trump down and and referred to him as sinister, not because I had trouble with the content, but because it didn't seem presidential to me for her to be making that speech. and, and Was it her? Well, I think it's something that that surrogates can do, and there's enough attention to it. But is it a little it, Trump-like? It it, it 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 was it, <laughs> it, it was, it, it, was it, it was harsh and tough and nasty. Again, I, I'm not. I didn't see a lot of a lot of errors in it, um, like I might find in a Trump speech. But but it just it 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 it, it, it didn't grab me. It, Trump. Its own words are the focus of most of the negative ads, which um, seem to be but, working. But and they are, and they're going to run them, and we're going to see them. Good God, we're going to be sick and tired of them. Um, but but the the as, as Denise said, those, and we've all said many times, these emails from a Republican standpoint are the gift that keeps on giving politically to Republicans. So she that was dismissive she denied, she gave erroneous information, she was poorly served by her staff. And then it comes out that content of some of these emails, as the FBI found, and as we're continuing to find, provides ongoing fodder for media and Hillary haters of all stripes, be they Republicans Mm. or simply media people who say, This is really a problem, this stuff. It means crap.
5: The wound has to be cauterized. And and, and when I'm talking about this wound, what what frustrated me this week when she came out and she said, geez, I thought the C in these messages just meant that you were alphabetizing them. My head exploded. To be honest with you, my head just exploded when I saw that one. You got a little on me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I did. I was like, oh, my God. But if if, if you want to cauterize, you cauterize it. By focusing on the real issues, you don't start talking that Donald Trump is sinister. Got it. We all know it. The question is, what's your plan? What's your plan on infrastructure? Start pushing the positive plan. people in the United States want to know what you're for. We all know what you're against. But what are you for, and how are you going to accomplish that in the first 100 days? And that's a critical period. And and, and that's what, if I was, you know, running her campaign, that's what she needs to be focusing on.
0: Congressman L she, she has tried to, uh, I guess, put this behind her, uh, albeit from my perspective, not a very, uh, albeit a half-hearted try. What else can she do? What else can she uh, uh, do to, to to basically turn the attention back toward what she can possibly bring to the uh, to the uh, to the office of the presidency versus the, the baggage?
1: She has to do very very well in the debates. That's where she can. Demonstrate expertise, knowledge, maybe some wisdom, uh, but if she if she does only as well as Donald Trump in the in the uh, debates, she's in deep trouble.
3: On Moore. yeah, I think I think her problem in all of this stuff has has been exacerbated by the the point that Al made earlier about her lack of accessibility to the press. So. There's email disclosures about content, confidentiality, and then this this uh, relationship with the Clinton Foundation and the State Department, and she is relying totally on surrogates um, who have uh, some information but don't have the stature to respond. Surrogates don't make six o'clock news. That's they right. Make but, the but, but and so, no no no. So so starting yesterday for the first time, she's letting press people ride on her plane. Well she's like, got a brand new ride. She's got a she's, brand new well, seven thirty seven. That's fine, but it wasn't like the, all the seats were full before. And so She's letting them on the plane and she's answering questions. You had in, the last 24 hours. That in and of itself and is not doing news- a bad job. Is bad is news- not doing a bad job. And that's newsworthy. And, and the point is that to, to, to beat back all the noise and all the multiple issues that float around relating to uh, the emails and Clinton Foundation, she is the best person to answer those questions. By not making herself available and by refusing to talk, it fed the beast. So she has to address those, take them on, let the press questions run out of steam. There's a lot of pent-up steam there. And then she can pivot to real policies, of which she's got a website full of specific ideas, ideas for how to pay for stuff. No Which one, is contrary to what Donald Trump, has. Donald Trump has got next to nothing. He's he his policy p- p- positions are basically, I'm a smart, successful guy. Trust me, I'll get it done. You'll be amazed at how great I'm going to do. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to be so great. And there's nothing of substance on almost any issue. Even when he tries to be specific, right. As he was on immigration, he fails. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that too because, but
2: in the end, though. Admiral Ken, it it, it strikes me that Hillary Clinton has an opportunity. She's got the money in the war chest. She's got the surrogates. I mean, Joe Biden gave a Labor Day appearance. That was fantastic. It was animated. It was emotional and laid into Donald Trump. It was uh, Tim Kaine did a great job down in Virginia, his home state, a state where she's pulling away but it still seems that she now has to go full bore into campaign mode. Is that accurate? I, I think it is. And I think she,
0: the, the dependency that she's had on her surrogates needs to, needs to come to an end. They, they have served her, but I, I would I, would, I don't know, maybe disagree slightly as to how well they served her. Um, when she basically disappeared from the press's eye, uh, I think one of them, and I don't remember who, made the comment, you know, that that uh, Secretary Clinton has become aware of the fact that words can be used against her, so she's not going to use that many words anymore. Well, that's insane. She's going to be president. She wants to be president of the United States. She's got to get used to the fact that this is this is the NFL, and she's got to deal with that.
2: So, Congressman, now the, the, it, it does beg the question: Where is the Clinton political machine? This does not seem like a Clinton political operation that we knew when Bill was running for both governor and president. It's not the political machine that we even saw when she went through her 2008 loss to Barack Obama. Still, she was out front. She was uh, aggressive. and she lost an edge maybe over the years?
1: I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) Except that I think you used the example of, of, of co- contrasting this campaign with the Bill, Bill Clinton's campaign.
6: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> well, Bill Clinton was running Bill Clinton's campaign, and Hillary Clinton is running Hillary's. Bill is a better politician than she is. Alan Moore,
3: you agree? Oh, yeah. I, she's, you know, it's the wrong standard to say, how come she's not doing what Bill Clinton did? She's not Bill Clinton. hey? And we're not in the same time. As Bill Clinton was Or for that matter Barack Obama, Obama Eight years ago We're now we're, we're, We were in an economic crisis Eight years ago And any Democrat Was going to beat John McCain And Sarah Palin um, uh, uh, who, who was not a, any, Anyone who was not A, a child molester um, and, and, uh, and Four years later That was a more competitive race but 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 she is not she she's not Bill Clinton. It's unfair to compare her to Bill Clinton or say, Why aren't you Bill Clinton? It's like because she's who she is. Having said that, her proclivities to stonewall, to hide, to refuse to answer, to bury herself in in policy and wonkish statistics. Though appealing at, a, at some level to many of us does not uh, respond to what many Americans are looking for, which is somebody that feels like a leader, somebody who can inspire them. Denise, correct. It's
5: inspire and, and want to go sit down and have a beer with. Um, Hillary's brilliant. That well, She is just, just smarter than a dickhead. But she's not relating to people and that's a problem she's not relating to women and I mean, we're going to vote for her because we want the first female president but she's not somebody we would call up and say hey I want to go get a manicure with and, that, and I realize it's a sexist comment to say no but I'll
0: get manicures
5: oh, okay, good. Um, but it, 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 it's something you want it's something you want to do oh god I don't even want to know why you could do it. okay never mind Anyhow, but it, 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 it's relatability. It's not just trust factor.
1: It's relatability, Congress,
5: and it, you know, and she's got to work at that.
2: Congressman, now, well, we're
1: wow. we're kind of digging a grave here for Hillary Clinton, and, and because Carl isn't here today, uh, I, I I need to bring up a thing he points out in every program, and that is, <clears throat> you've got to be geared up for the for the election. You've got to have The people on the streets, the people making the phone calls, the people driving people to the polls, that whole structure, uh, which Donald Trump does not have, and which she should have in, you know, in military fashion, if she doesn't.
0: Admiral Ken? So the other difference between... The, the, the other elections that we, that we were talking about uh, when uh, Bill Clinton ran for president when he, went, when he ran for governor and when Hillary Clinton ran against Barack Obama the other thing that's different here is that she is in, for lack of a better way of putting it, she is in a mud fight with a guy who likes getting dirty and that's different, that's very different and uh, you know the, the dependence on her doing well in the other debates uh, is, 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 is fraught with, with, uh, with danger Go back and look at as I have the debates that Trump took place took took part in for the other uh, the Republican primary. Uh, facts for whatever reason did not seem to matter. And, and and um and what what mattered was the ability for him to get under people's skin to where they really did something for lack of a way of putting it, dumped. for now.
1: She's got a terrible problem that's Came clear to me the other day when I was talking with a with a woman who didn't seem stupid, uh, who was very very pro. Uh, I can't remember his name. Trump. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, I'm, I'm I'm trying so hard to Alex. Forget it. <laughs> You're hanging around with some strange folks. But she's she was for Trump, and I said, well, he, he's he's kind of crazy. He's kind of a loose nut she said he will surround himself with people that will calm him down and get it. And and here's a woman who's, who's counting. She's not voting for him for president. She's voting because she thinks that people will come in and help him be a good, but Alan Moore, this goes back,
2: this goes back to when Donald Trump Jr. Approached, uh, John Kasich, the governor of Ohio, to be a possible running mate. And in the meeting, as it was reported in the New York Times, where Donald Donald Trump Jr. said, you'll be the most powerful vice president. Uh, You'll be running both domestic and foreign policy. And when asked, what's the president going to be doing? Donald Trump Jr. says, he'll be making America great again. It seems to me that we're now in the third iteration of campaign leadership In the Trump campaign, there's still no specifics. This has now turned into a referendum on Trump or a referendum on Clinton, which benefits. I mean, if it's a referendum on Trump, then Hillary wins big. If it's a referendum on Clinton, those numbers close up, as we're seeing in some polling. You know,
3: as we've already said, we're just really getting underway post-Labor Day and presidential election years are when the great mass of people who've been paying a little bit of attention, enough so that they will will generally respond when asked, if the, if the election was today, who would you vote for? Usually they'll have an answer, but if you try to push them on why, it's – It's really, really thin material. Trump's a successful businessman. I think he's a leader. Or I don't trust uh, Hillary Clinton, and it's a continuation of Obama, who I don't like, and it's time for change. It's these two, it's those sort of big, gross um, uh, messages. People will be forced to at least be exposed. People will be exposed to much more detail going forward. Whether they listen depends on them and 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 TV watching behaviors. Um, if nobody watches uh, uh, commercials anymore, then all of the media um, uh, that, that 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 Hillary Clinton is going to be spending so much time on um, may 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 go for naught. But but people will start paying more and more attention. They will draw information and in. they will reflect on the country that they want for themselves, their children, their grandchildren. It will become much more personal and they'll say, okay, fine. I don't like her. I don't like him. I like her. I like him. What's going to be best here going forward when, as you close in and people begin to personalize this election to their own lives and the lives of the people they care about. That's what's going to matter. So it's, you know, what the, the numbers today are a lot closer than any of us thought they would be, which speaks to her weaknesses, not his strengths. Admiral Ken. So I speak, I talk to a lot of
0: Trump supporters. I, I seek them out because I, 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 I want to understand, I want to understand you know, what the attraction? What's the attraction is. And, and, and to some extent, you know, being a voting Republican, you know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm not feeling good about the fact that I have as much anxiety toward my party's nominee as I do. Um, to a person, everybody thinks that Donald Trump, everybody that I talk to, thinks that Donald Trump is going to be manageable, that he's going to surround himself with really smart people and he's going to listen to them. And my refrain to that is always, he hasn't done it yet. Exactly. What makes you think it's gonna happen and the answer is not there, but 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 falling up behind that is this disdain for Hillary Clinton And all that she represents that will overpower the common sense that says maybe we shouldn't pick somebody who doesn't have a plan um, this morning a list of uh, of uh, uh, 80 or so flag and journal officers was, was published that were in support of Donald Trump uh, I my name is on that list <laughs> And 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 for you me, is or is it's not, not, not. It's not, not. It's not on that list. I it's, was looking. It's not on that list. And um, you were the only person for my name too. And but what what I took what I took heart in is that most of the people that I've grown up uh, looking up to as mentors,
3: uh, as my mentors
0: as I came up, only uh, only one of those folks is on that list. And I was surprised to see his name. But
2: you know what? Uh, so it makes America All right. great. All right. Well, we, we've got a little longer. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I, I want to talk about Donald Trump's immigration show last week, which was widely, widely panned by a lot of people, including those inside Donald Trump's campaign. We'll talk about that when we come back in two minutes. This is Back from Politics Live on Blogs.com Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay with us. You know, Shelly's Backroom has been hosting Backroom Politics for seven years. Seven years! It's still unbelievable we've been doing it that long. But make no mistake about it, Shelly's Backroom is one of a kind in Washington, D.C. Shelly's is a comfortable retreat for cigar aficionados and those who simply want to unwind. The casual but elegant space features soft lighting, cozy couches and overstuffed chairs. Shelly's room is a cigar friendly establishment but the state-of-the-art air purification system keeps the atmosphere comfortable for smokers and non-smokers alike. Sit back and enjoy yourself while chatting with friends or watching one of the eight high-definition TVs or come by any Tuesday enjoy your favorite cigar or one of the signature cocktails And watch how backroom politics is made. Convenient to public transportation and the sites of the nation's capital, Shelly's is easily dividable to accommodate intimate gatherings or large-scale special events. Shelly's Backroom, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. As Bob says, it's the place to be. Backroom
1: politics. Boris Karloff, Admiral, that, that, Congressman. That, where did you get that voice? It's, your, it's, yours. <laughs> it's my voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but thanks for the
2: Boris Karloff reference. They scare people. W- like welcome close. back to Backroom Politics. We're continuing to talk where about the- see it? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Then they'll be really scared. Space for radio. Hey, uh, we're talking about the presidential campaign. Last week, Donald Trump. Made a quick trip south of the border, not to Tijuana, but to Mexico City to go meet with uh, the president's uh, <laughs> <think, you> know, <laughs> Anyways, Ian Pig has uh, opened a, has an open invitation to uh, both Clinton and Trump. Trump took it up and showed up and gave a uh, gave a joint speech with the Mexican president in Mexico City. And then turned around and gave a huge immigration policy speech in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, later that night. The speech and the appearance in Mexico City has caused a lot of heartburn burn for uh, the Trump campaign, including having many of his Latin American delegation inside the Trump camp leave outright, saying that he just does not get it. Uh, bottom line, it was a risky move. Alan Moore, although risky, did he gain the benefits that the high-risk appearance
3: gave him? Yeah, I never saw it as that risky. Really? Um Because he, he's never had any meeting that, that I'm aware of with any head of state. He gets a chance to go down there. He's very controversial in terms of what he has said about, about Mexico and Hispanics more broadly, and the the president invites them down. How bad can it be? Pretty bad for the president of Mexico. Yeah. By the way, has 22 percent approval rating, who's in Mexico. less less popular than either Hillary Clinton or or Donald Trump, which is saying something. Um, but 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 I can. I I, I, one wonders why he did it. But they come down. They act civilly towards each other, and. Trump is standing there at a podium just the way our presidents typically do and as the, our President Obama just just did this week at the at the G20 and then in Laos yesterday um, uh, where he is at the moment and and uh, you know they take turns talking. So it looks like gosh he's okay. he's a man of stature. He's a lot bigger than President. Uh, uh uh but we where did he find we, munchkin we, we, we gotta give him credit for not calling him little Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> which is also trademarked by Desi we Yeah, yeah. I mean this is Enrique, right? So he he uh he seemed to be behaving himself and even on this question of whether they did or did not talk about the wall and who would pay for it, where there's a difference of opinion I don't think that hurt Trump all that much. The problem was presidential. The problem was, you know, just standing there, just standing there, and and talking a little bit and talking about our friends from Mexico. It sounded like phony baloney. But it looked okay. I thought the visuals were, were pretty good, especially given what he's what he's normally dealing with. The, the problem, visuals were it because so, because there's always a bunch of baloney in right. those things. But the yeah. problem the problem was that before the day was out, so we got these visuals. Before the day is out, he's he is and everybody's kinda of wondering, gee, how much flexibility is he gonna show? There have been all these signals about being more flexible in this what had heretofore been a very rigid policy about about uh, forcing all undocumented um, uh, uh, immigrants to leave the country, including with some sort of deportation force if necessary, a bunch of signals that, well, maybe that part was, was flexible, then coming down and appearing to say in Phoenix, nope, if you're here illegally, you have to go, and then... Getting lots of enthusiastic response from some of his more conservative uh, backers, um, and uh, and and disappointing a lot of others who wanted him to be more flexible. Then, in the ne- <laughs> within a day or two, he's including yesterday, he said we haven't made a decision yet about people who are here and haven't broken the law about what to do with them. So suddenly we went from tough to maybe flexible to tough to flexible this thing just keeps moving back and forth it's confusing as hell the hispanic task force or group of people he put around to be his advisors that existed for all of 10 days had several members walk away and say nope after the phoenix speech i'm not going to be part of this and then within days it's we haven't decided yet about that other group. But,
2: but Admiral Kennedy, when going to his speech in, in Phoenix, he said that this is going to be full of details, full of his, uh, his planned approach for border security and immigration. When we saw the speech, those of us who have worked in border security and immigration programs for policy and on the front lines... What he said was a regurgitation of what George W. Bush programs look like and even Barack Obama uh, programs look like. He talked about creating a special ICE task force to deal with the deportation. Well, they have that. They're called detention and removal officers. They have those task force and they're overburdened right now. When we look at talking about aerial drones, and electronics and sensors, they had that. It was called the Secure Border Initiative it was a large failure. Where are the details? Well, and by the way, this is a guy that says, I'm surrounding myself with the leading experts in border security. These are not experts that he's talking to. He, he, has, he, has, he is banking on the
0: fact that most of the people that he's getting riled up in, in uh, his, his, uh, his rallies and to probably some extent, the folks that are voting for him are not going to look for the details, like the ones that you just pointed out. They don't—they—they they're, are—they—they're not, and that's just not going to listen to them. Right? Yeah. They don't—they don't—they don't know that they exist. And so when it comes out of Trump's mouth, it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, uh, it's, it's manna from on heaven, because they don't know about it. But again, this is this entire year has been one episode of facts not mattering uh, after another. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see it, it, it changing any soon. Okay. Is
2: crap. All right.
5: You mentioned the uh, Secure Board Initiative, otherwise known as SBI. That was a $1 billion project that was canceled several years ago. $1 billion, That's a B, folks. It's already failed. It's not going to happen. My guess is, dear, Donald knows it's not going to happen. But, boy, does that sound like a very catchy talking point to say. Because what he knows is that he even tries doing this. Let's play this chessboard out. The environmentalists are going to sue him. The environmentalists are going to sue him because there's no way you're going to make an EEIS statement. Then he's going to say, geez, but for the left-wing liberal enviros, I would have my wall. And he's going to pit people back and forth. This is a chess game. I mean, he knows the places, he he knows the pieces, he knows how they're going to be played. Don't get suckered into this first move, folks. This is the first move into a crappy game.
6: Alan Moore,
2: Donald Trump's got another problem that came out today, and that's a situation that involves Trump University and a possible investigation being put up by the state of Florida Attorney General, Republican Pam Bondi. It appears that Pam Bondi uh, washed or did not go forward on an investigation on uh, Trump University after, allegedly, the Trump Foundation gave somewhere in the area of about $20,000 to her re-election campaign uh, for Attorney General. Uh, this, these road bumps keep coming up for Trump, but it doesn't seem to stick. Is this something that might
3: stick, or is this more I, 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 I don't I don't like this one. I don't see it sticking. Uh, the, the 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 worst thing about this is that Trump was apparently aware that the attorney general's office was looking at uh, bringing suit against the university, against Trump University. I should call it Trump University because I don't really see it as a university in the conventional sense. and and, and but apparently she says she wasn't even aware that her staff was looking at it. That stretches the, you know, the, the, the imagination, but let's just say that that's possible. Um, Trump knew and Trump and in the meantime, see, I don't think she would have asked him for money if she knew it was going on unless she's a complete and total idiot. He though, here's her request for 25 grand, as I understand it. um, And he finally says I don't know if it was directly to her, but ultimately, yeah, well, I'll give you twenty five thousand. He gives money to a bunch of people. They gave it from the foundation, which is illegal, and they paid a fine to the IRS for that. That part is just stupid, but I don't see that as as serious pan bonding things that I I think that 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 the that that we need to know a little bit more about what Trump was thinking and who knew what and what they were saying about why to give him this money and if pe- I'd love to see some email traffic or conversation or or depositions from other people about about who what what Trump was told or what he said when it came to hey they're looking at at an at investigation Trump University this might be a good investment of twenty five grand and he might say do it yeah. um, and and I but but. It, it, it cer- certainly, you know, smells like that, and you, one should w- one one would want to try to investigate that. But 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 it, even though Pam Bondi
2: is an active surrogate for Trump in Florida.
3: Well, no, now I mean that was that was old news. He repaid the foundation. Nobody nobody says it was appropriate to come from the foundation. And a lot of these states have such idiotic, stupid laws about about uh, political giving that. It may well be that that it's perfectly allowed and not in violation of the law. The law, if that's true, the law should be changed. It looks so grotesquely uh, uh, wrong on its face. But does Congressman Al, does
2: this have the possibility? This Trump Foundation situation with Pam Bondi in Florida, will this cancel out Clinton Foundation, or is the Clinton Foundation? Too big to have
1: anything canceled. If I were were Hillary, I would have a whole bunch of people working on making exactly that case. She's she's taking incoming all the time about this and has found words foundation in it and the paper play kind of implications and all of those things. And here's a perfect example of her to, to attack him on exactly the same thing, and I don't see her doing it.
0: Uh, Admiral Ken? I guess I'm, I'm, I'm flinching at that. Um, you know, Don't vote for him because he's as dirty as I am. I mean, that's that's, that's how it's going to come across, right? So, again, I, I, I think that much like the other pieces of mud that's been thrown to Donald Trump, this is going to slide off, and, and the, again, for the folks who are supporting him, they're either going to keep voting for him, or their disdain for Hillary Clinton is going to push them to vote. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the more.
3: other problem is that Donald Trump sort of has publicly acknowledged that he knows the system. He says, I know the system better than anybody. You, you, you pay money and people will do stuff for you. Right. So, so he's, kind of, he's kind of confessed, if you will. He says he, he's denying it in this particular case, but in general, when he gives money— He gives it because he gives it to both sides, more Democrats than Republicans, because he wants to have access, because sometimes he wants people to do stuff for him. And that's the system he wants to clean up. This is one incident. Um, I don't like the incident, believe me, of $25,000. The Clinton Foundation Mm -hmm. has got millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions associated with a lot of different people, some of whom got favors. And... When the the Clintons like to say, but neither Bill nor Chelsea ever took a dollar in salary from the Clinton Foundation, then we learn that a major donor to the foundation and friend of the Clintons paid Bill Clinton over five years. This is a private university that none of us had ever heard of that's got campuses all all over the world. For five years, he was paid seventeen point six million dollars to be honorary chairman of this com- this Baltimore-based company, three and a half million dollars a year to allow his name, his likeness, and sometimes his personal presence at the opening of new campuses around the world. You want to talk about something? that smells bad and looks fishy. And the president of that, 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 that university, by the way, was invited to a special dinner of major national higher education muckety mucks at the state department, because the foundation who had also been a beneficiary of this guy's money said, Hey, could you get him into the dinner at the State Department, and then a few months later, Bill Clinton's got the sixteen—sorry, uh, the seventeen point six million dollar five-year contract to be honorary chairman. Well, wow. I don't think there's any anything? college president in America, uh, or university president or anything, that makes three and a half million dollars to actually run it. Right, much less be. Just be Honorary figurehead. chair. It's <laughs> staggering. Well,
2: we're going to continue to watch this. Bottom, bottom line here, Bob Minds is Trump right now has a problem with getting specifics and policy out. Hillary Clinton has a problem getting people to trust her. Is, which is the biggest hurdle to overcome, Trump's or Hillary's?
4: That's a good question. I, I I say this. I hope it's difficult for both of them. They both deserve it. Right. And I don't know which one is getting more more trouble. But I'm not an expert at it. But you know, neither one of them are uh, going to be uh, are going to be able to to push this off and say it's not important.
1: Congressman Al, which is the bigger hurdle in a John McLaughlin kind of way, Hillary, because. People already know it about Trump and they don't give a shit, but they, but they don't like Hillary. So it's going to stick to her and it's going to roll off of him because everybody thinks he's going to hire brains to run his presidency. Okay.
2: We'll let that be the last word. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the G20 summit that just concluded in China uh, and a what appeared to be a very public showdown between Beijing and Washington occurred during this conference. We're going to talk about that. This is Back Room Politics Live from Shelley's Back Room, 1331 F Street in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. We'll be back in two minutes. Stay with us. <laughs> You know, everybody thinks of Shelly's Back Room as a cigar spot in Washington, D.C. You know what the reality is? It is the cigar spot in D.C. Where else can you grab a great cocktail made by world-renowned bartenders? Or where else are you going to get the finest cigar list of any restaurant in all of Washington, D.C.? And then... The great food. You come for the food. It can be the campfire wings. One pound of roasted, not fried, well-seasoned marinated jumbo chicken wings with choices of Shelly's honey mustard or blue cheese or ranch dressing. These are award-winning wings. That's why you come to Shelly's. It's the whole package. You can drink, you can smoke, have great conversation with your friends, and have a great food menu. Shelly's Back Room, 1331 F Street in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. You know what? It is the place to be. This is Backroom Politics. And we're back here live at Shelly's Backroom, 1331 F Street in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. This is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics live on Blog Talk Radio. By the way, if you want to join the conversation, you can call in 657-383-0419. Again, that number is 657 uh, we're going to talk a little bit right now about uh, an event that happened in China uh, last week and co- just concluded. E- the meeting of the G20, the 20 largest economic powers in the globe, got together at the invitation of the Chinese president and premier, and it started off badly with a apparent snub to President Obama when Air Force One landed in country, when Air Force One landed in country, it uh, it was met by nothing, and it forced President Obama to come in through the uh, the belly door on Air Force One, which is usually reserved for high security protocols, like when the president goes to Iraq or Afghanistan. At the same time, the Chinese government and the media machine there in China uh, did not allow the media gaggle to at least get in. And they were roped off, which caused a very public argument, which, which started a very public argument for uh, both Chinese and American officials, which caused one Chinese official to get involved uh, publicly. So here's the deal, though. At the same time as this is going on, a planned visit to the Philippines was put off when the Filipino president came out and called President Obama that son of a whore, uh, which caused President Obama to cancel said trip to Manila. Uh, very bad optics, Alan Moore, for the president on this trip, not to mention the fact that that he really didn't come back with anything substantial from the trip, i.e. any sort of pressure on China to curtail something simple like uh, the flooding of Chinese steel into the international market.
3: This was this was not about bilateral issues. This was about the G20 of, uh, talking about uh, world problems. The, my, my view, my, my, my sense of the screw-ups at the airport where they were embarrassing screw-ups for china not for uh for for america i think that that the chinese who care a lot care enormously about saving face about face and saving face and protecting face look like look like fools and and i i maybe some some idiot at the top said let's see if we can embarrass obama I think they embarrassed themselves. Um, the, the 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 meeting with the, I, I don't think the president was going to go to the Philippines. I think he was going to have a meeting with the president of the Philippines and canceled the side meeting with him. No, because, I'm sorry, you're correct because, you're because correct. of these you're idiotic right. things that this crazy man said. I don't blame I don't blame Obama for not meeting with him with the, with the kinds of, of, of grotesque insults that he was passing um, towards uh, <laughs> towards the president. Um, uh, and what he would call him if the president raised issues that could be embarrassing to the Philippines. Um, uh, there's a very, very tough crackdown um, on, drug on, on drug dealers and other criminals where you just summarily uh, execute them. And uh, he doesn't want to hear about that from the president and basically said, said, said so in highly colorful language, th- putting the president in this position of, of sort of saying, well, we're not going to have the meeting even though the U.S. gives about $100 million in aid that, that we find in our interest to do, by the way, uh, to, to the Philippines. So that guy's another idiot. Um, and I don't blame the president for, for, for not going. Congressman
1: now, well, well, And I would have been an idiot, too. Had I been the president, I would have acted like Donald Trump. I would have said, take this plane off. We're leaving. And I think that would have been a really stupid thing to do. But I was so angry at the time that I read about this that I thought, you know, shit, you don't have to take that crap. Just go home. Go home. Yeah, take our football and go home. Fortunately, we had a president who has is more balanced and more calm than I am, <laughs> or that Trump would be, I would suggest, and he didn't do that.
2: But, but here's the thing, Admiral Ken. There are some in the Republican Party, particularly the Trump camp, took. A uh, great note of this little fiasco in China, and said basically this is not something you do when you are respected by the international community. Basically, calling out Obama, saying that America is no longer respected to the point that they disrespected our head of state. Is there some is, is there some
0: some credibility to that statement? So I'm reminded of something I heard when I when I lived in Texas. If it'll keep your dog off my lawn. I'll take your respect or your fear, and the belief is that we right now we don't have either. Right, and that's why you got the uh, the kind of treatment that that uh, the president take received. Your respect or I'll your, take your respect or your fear or your to fear. take uh, to keep your dog off my lawn. I don't care which, as long as your dog stays off my lawn. And so, I don't think that I think the Trump the Trump camp firmly believes, as, as Donald Trump has, been, has has said time and time again, we're not respected anymore. And it would appear that you know this probably will be used as evidence uh, of um, some some validity was well, not. Bob, you
2: agree, you agree? I mean, have we lost that much respect to whereas Air Force One doesn't get the high stairs that Obama's press gaggle is roped off and not allowed access to the general media sections? Is, the the is, is there a general disrespect coming from Beijing? Was it a statement saying stay out of? our affairs, i.e., the South China Sea. I think that
4: may be a little bit pushing it. I mean, it, uh, it could have been just a snafu problem, but let's let's see what happens in the next month, I so, say. Because I'm, I'm not prepared to say, you know, the Chinese is trying to give us the finger, but if that's the case, we'll have to go there. Take care.
2: Denise crap.
5: The Chinese are... are um they put a lot of uh, importance on faith and saving faith and preserving faith it, it's a very um,
1: culture.
5: It, it is it it's, is it's baked it, in their
4: culture right it, it is
5: and, and I, um, I I've only traveled in China repeatedly but also worked with the Chinese wow. and it, it we were always taught always give them a way out um, so we're doing something very interesting ourselves we could have very easily kept this quiet we could have very easily said nothing but we leaked it. This was leaked. This was leaked to make sure that the Chinese knew that we weren't going to put up with anything, and we have now embarrassed them, and, and that's something they're not going to forget.
2: Well, but this, this happened on Chinese state media in front of all media outlets, this little occurrence around Air Force One, the public fight that almost broke out, it that got almost got
5: I, I, I can tell you, having done these diplomatic maneuvers before, it's very scripted. Everybody is well-behaved. You are in your Sunday best.
3: They you, weren't this time.
5: Exactly. And because they weren't, we leave, they leave. They're, both sides are trying to make a story. And
0: Admiral Ken, I, I was going to, uh, I guess uh, Denise has, has said it for me. Protocol, protocol at this level is everything. There's there's no snafu. You know, if the ladder's not there. If the red carpet's not rolled out. That's because someone said, Yeah, we're not doing this and that's 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 bad.
2: Is 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 our direct involvement in the South China Sea issue a probable cause for Beijing to pull this stunt? I you know, I don't
0: think I, I don't think it would be appropriate for me to get in the mines, you know, that sequence their mines, but sure, why not? I mean, that's just a, the, the list of things. There's you know, the introduction of their of their steel into the market. Um, there's the piracy of intellectual property. There's the belief that they've had some complicity into hacking into um, um, uh, the, uh, the U.S. Uh, cyber structure. The list can go on and on and on. They are, they are our adversary. They're the number one adversary for the United States yeah. in the 21st century. And everybody needs to get their head wrapped around the, around the fact that the next Cold War is going to be with China, not with Russia. Go ahead, Congressman
1: Al. It just seems to me it was so Bush League. That I don't see how the Chinese ultimately come out on on top of this, one. Uh, because it was so petty, so Bush, that, and I'm not referring to a former president, right? That uh, that uh, I just I just uh, can't believe that with other nations watching it, saying, you know, who let that guy on the field? The one that was screening it, uh, our people.
4: Bob Hines. Uh, this attitude, the situation that happened, will not be missed by a lot of other nations. You know, this is not the way a substantive organization, a solid organization, a government that's stable, sensible, and pays attention to the appropriate things. These guys missed it up. They messed it up. And it will it will hurt him. you will stick for
3: a while. Alan Moore. And let's not forget that when he left, they had the the, <laughs> the platform out there so he could walk up the little carpet and, and get into the plane. He got out of the plane. I, I I'm guessing before before this is all over, we'll learn more about who said what to whom. But I'm not. It, it as I said, it it's such bush league stuff. Who would think that this would be a great way to what? Somehow embarrass America or embarrass uh, the president? This is the G20, the heads of the largest twenty uh, industrial economies in the world. They have important business to talk about. They're meeting in China. China wants to put on a good show um, and, and make them make look like the they belong point? in this in this family of industrial nations. And, and if, if countries start using those meetings, which elevate their stature, to embarrass a head of state of any country, not to mention America, they're not going to be hosting them anymore. The, uh, the Wait, other first thing say, we're
2: not coming. Well, well here's the thing, is, is, is the one thing you can say about the G20 is it is largely about optics. It is largely, I mean, the discussions, what comes out of any sort of issues that are discussed are the, are the, the actual meat of the meeting, but the G20, the G8 meetings are largely about optics. The optics on this look like a lame duck president that wasn't respected as a head of state per se. Well, maybe
3: that's your optics. Yeah, that's not that's, my, th- that's not the optics I saw. Okay. What, what, I I, don't, I didn't I, I saw this as is either either a either really <laughs> bad mistake, a screw up, or an an incredibly stupid effort to somehow embarrass Obama a little bit or the, the American president that, that the fact that he's in in his in, in his final months uh, of office I don't think is the issue because it's the American president that they are that they're potentially humiliating or embarrassing not uh, this particular man this particular individual so, do they really want is, – is this the way they want to try to embarrass? It just – it doesn't compute. Having said that, you know, there's all sorts of things in the world that don't compute. In in other countries and in this country, right. we spend many, many hours trying to figure out right. why is it that Donald Trump is competitive in this race? What the heck is behind that? I hear you. I, I hear
5: you. I, I guess. Denise? When I was in the, uh, the administration, I, I was asked to go to China for a meeting. Uh, it was in Dalian, and it was the, uh, the Dalian Maritime Academy, and, and I remember going, and uh, the head of the school greeted me, and uh, he said, look, I, wanna watch, I want you to see a video. I said, oh, okay. He said, we graduate 10,000 each year. and I said, okay, and he said, here's our graduation. It was amazing. It was a military parade, and, and there's a reason I bring this up. They had done this so many times, they had practiced it so many times. Everybody was in unison, everybody's face looked the same way, everybody did everything. They practiced, they practiced, they practiced because that is the Chinese way. They practice. They do not want to lose face. So I have to agree with Alan. I think this is a screw up. I mean, I, I, it's kind of between Admiral, you know, Admiral Ken and Alan. Do I think they screwed up by not putting the, you know, the, 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 um, the ladder there. Yeah. So a gangplank ladder, whatever we're going to call it. Yes. And I'm betting they all, not only, but they compounded it by the guy who said, this is my country. The guy who said, this is my country is probably going to get raves in certain parts of his own country, but in other parts, those that matter are going to say, you embarrassed us. And, and again, that's important because of what we've talked about here. This is what everybody should remember. You're going to remember, they're going to say, hey, in 20 years, do you remember that meeting in 2016 where the guys, the guys in that kerfuffle? Yeah. That's what's going to be said, and that's what China didn't want. And
1: right. following, Con- Con- following yeah. this discussion, it seems to me that the, the one major person that kept his cool was the President of the United States.
2: No, I, and i I, I got to give kudos to President Obama for <laughs> – at least downplaying the situation. I will give him credit for that. I think he showed tremendous statesmanship, tremendous diplomacy. That's not the question, though. But when you, when we have a situation where an election comes up where you see uh, optics, you see uh, Republicans firing at both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama that were not respected anymore in the global community, this is just one more piece of ammunition
1: to that arsenal, I I I think that's right. true. For domestic consumption, uh, Trump is going to be able to play games with this, right? But the fact is, and and what would he have done? Well, I think he would have done what I would have done, which would have been the wrong thing to do. Right, right.
2: No, I
3: I, I agree with that, Alan. One last word. So, Al Swift let the world notice Al Swift and Donald Trump joined at the hip.
2: Wow, we're going to let that one sit for a second. We're going to take a quick break.
1: When well, we I have a very serious operation taking place, separating. <laughs> <at the end>. <laughs> <laughs> we're, okay,
2: that being said, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Congress is returning to session, but to do what? We're going to talk about that when we come back. This is Backroom Politics, live from Chile's Backroom, 1331 F Street, not of our nation's capital. Washington D.C. We will be back in two minutes. Stay with us. I've had enough trouble.
6: You know, everybody
2: thinks. You know, Shelley's back room has been hosting Backroom politics for seven years. Seven years. It's still unbelievable we've been doing it that long. But make no mistake about it. Shelly's Back Room is one of a kind in Washington, D.C. Shelly's is a comfortable retreat for cigar aficionados and those who simply want to unwind. The casual but elegant space features soft lighting, cozy couches, and overstuffed chairs. Shelly's Back Room is a cigar friendly establishment, but the state of the art air purification system keeps the atmosphere comfortable for smokers and non-smokers alike. Sit back and enjoy yourself while chatting with friends, or watching one of the eight high-definition TVs, or come by any Tuesday, enjoy your favorite cigar or one of the signature cocktails, and watch how backroom politics is made. To be public transportation and the sights of the nation's capital, Shelley's is easily dividable to accommodate intimate gatherings or large-scale special events. Shelly's Back Room, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. As Bob says, it's the place to be. Backroom politics.
3: Allegedly.
2: And this is Backroom Politics, live from Shelley's Backroom, 1331 F Street, in the heart of nation's yes. capital, Washington, D.C. We're going to take a pivot right now and talk about the fact that, well, as of today, Congress is back in Washington and coming back to session. The question is to do what? The biggest issue right now facing Congress is a return for the last few weeks of this. Congressional session is the question on Zika funding. It has become a big pothole for legislative effectiveness. Basically, you have Republicans that are saying that we want to fund the Zika issue. However, we won't fund it if money goes to Planned Parenthood, which has become a big roadblock in getting any legislation through. At the same time, we have a Zika problem, uh, particularly in uh, Dade County in South Florida, and Puerto Rico, where we're seeing an expansion of the virus going on. But the bigger question is, Congress is coming back to session to do what? Uh, Congressman now you've got a a situation here where you have a a national crisis on the Zika question. They're still trying to come up with some sort of Band-Aid resolution to keep government funded, and that seems to be... A political hurdle that the Dems And the Republicans are not going to agree on What exactly Are they coming back to do
1: They're coming back Because the law says they have to (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I I think they would Happily stay home and stay out Of this uh, mess Uh, They are the, The speaker is in a Terrible position He's got people he can't control. He can't do the kinds of things that I think the Speaker would like to do because I think he's a reasonable man. Um, But he can't do it any more than his predecessor, who was a reasonable man, could do anything with those clowns.
4: There's some clowns up there that just won't do anything
1: right. Right. And and, uh, the thing that I think is for the Republicans, the down ticket, Republicans, is that if they can't do anything, it seems to me all, all, and because of the Republicans, every every Republican down ticket is going to have to try to explain that away. That's going to be hard.
2: Bob Hines.
1: There's
4: one thing that has to be done. That is finance the government. The budget has got to be passed. Will it be passed? I don't know. Will we do a bunch of a series of temporaries? We have done it before. It's the wrong way to go. It because it leaves everything up in the air in a very short, on short-term stuff. I think if the Congress doesn't do anything else, we pass a budget law so we can know what's going on for the next year. I think if we they can get that much done, we should be happy. These crap.
5: They will. Because. They can't shut down the government this year. No, they can um, so, so we know that's fact yeah. that point. The other fact point is that Harry Reid has been very blunt saying we're not hunting this through to uh, the next administration. So uh, – and, and he's going to hold his ground. I mean, he's leaving. He, he's he Yeah, he, he's, he, he's going to do that. So my guess is that they're going to come back. Uh, it's not going to happen this week. It's not going to happen next week. It's probably not going to happen even the week after that. My guess is we're going to hit up very close to probably September 26th, September 27th. We will get a short-term resolution, and they will probably go to after the election, probably the week after the election. And then depending on who wins, that'll uh, be the deciding factor on how they do, how they structure the next one. And and the reason I I go for the the, the last or second last week in September through the election None of them want to come back. Regardless if you have a safe seat or not, your staff needs to get out there and, and help you get reelected. So they're not coming back in October, and that's what's going to be in the driving force um, for
6: them. Alan
3: Moore. Yeah, remember what, how, how our government works. We, f- we fund the government. We appropriate money one year at a time. And the fiscal the federal fiscal year runs from October 1st of any given year through September 30th of the following year. We're in September. Right. When September 30th hits, the funding for much of government stops, <laughs> unless we uh, agree. This is jointly agree the Congress and the President to continue funding um, going forward. We seem, uh, as we have been for years now, on a path of doing some kind of what's typically called an omnibus bill. There should be 13 different funding bills to fund all the different parts of government. We don't, we typically don't get them done. We're maybe we don't get any of them done, but whatever is not done by September 30th, we have to do by what's called continuing resolution. Mm -hmm. And we may do it for a few days. We may do it for a week. We may do it for two weeks. We have to do it or on October 1st, We have to start shutting down parts of government. We've been through this drill before. As as was said, though, there's a a debate going on whether we should fund uh, to a post-election period, still in in calendar 2016, something mid or late November, let's say, or even December 1st, Um, again, forcing action. And then there is a move by some, but it's not taking a hold yet, that we should kick the whole thing into next year and let the next president come in and the next Congress sort of sort this out. We're not going to start there. We're going to start with uh, doing something by the end of the year. And then if we come back in the beginning of December and they can't agree, then it's not inconceivable that this that we would kick it a couple of months into the following what year. It
2: seems to me, Alan Moore, that. The Republicans have a harder time right now with this Congress coming into its lame duck session than anybody else. They're trying to protect a tenuous majority at best in the Senate, as well as some possible down ballot issues related to the Trump backlash. Uh, how are they going to be able to be, one, effective at the same time, maintain a political
3: hold on On their stand well, there's two things. One, the 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 members of Congress, by and large, want to get out of Washington and go out. And if they're members of Congress, run for their seat. If they're senators and they're up, run for their seat. If they're not up, go help their colleagues run for seats. They want to be involved in in as soon as 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 possible late september and throughout the month of october into the election electioneering out in the states now having said that they're trying to score points along the way so the democrats would love to embarrass the 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 republicans they would love to use the pressure that republicans feel not to shut down government by throwing as many roadblocks as they can but not so many roadblocks to actually shut down government and be blamed for it. So, so that's why I think all the way around, none of us know exactly how this will play out, but I think we all assume that one way or the other, the, the government will be funded temporarily by the end of September through the election and a, and a, and a few weeks after that. But and that's, that, that, that's kind of the, the, the dynamic detail to follow. You mentioned Zika. Right. Zika is not part of the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the the 2016, the year that ends at the end of September, funding. We've been borrowing and grabbing from here and there to, 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 to spend quite a bit of money on Zika, but not nearly the money needed. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, Shame on all of them. Shame on both Republicans and Democrats for making this political and not adding the kinds of additional funds that are desperately needed along the southern border in Puerto Rico. But,
2: Bob Hines, it, it strikes me that the Republicans are literally shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to the question of Zika funding, where Republicans in both the Senate and the House have said that the $120 million that they want to put into the response to Zika is going to be offset funding, which means that they've got to take it from somewhere else. So yeah. This is a big point. You disagree, yeah. Alan? Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. The House passed
3: a bill. $1.2 billion. That's a big bill. I'm sorry. Yeah. 1.2 billion. You're right. And, and, and it, and it, some of it is money that's taken from other health accounts, particularly the Ebola account where we appropriated well over a billion and had several hundred million not spent. That's where we've been borrowing, if you will, and 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 a couple of other global health accounts borrowing. And they threw in a provision that said of this extra money, None of it can go to Planned Parenthood. Right. That bill came over to the Senate. The Senate says it's not our favorite, but we need to vote on it. And the Democrats have denied the Republicans an up or down vote because they say we refuse to do it this way. So that, 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 the, 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 Republicans, the Republicans set this, this somewhat controversial piece over, but it has real money in it. It's not all offset. And the Senate said, "Let's vote on it. At least it will provide some of the hun- some of the hundreds of millions that are needed." And the Democrats said, "No. We're going to protect plan Parenthood." But why, why
2: bring up offset money
3: anyway on a public health crisis? No, no, you 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 don't just always create money as though it's just a matter of ordering Understood. it up. There was hundreds of millions of dollars appropriated and and designated for Ebola. And Ebola didn't need it at that time. It may still in the future. So the thought was we can shift some Ebola money, not steal it forever, but rather than just pretend like, we can always add and never subtract and never offset. Republicans historically have said, how are we going to pay for it? How are we going to pay for it? Sometimes around this table, we even talk about how, not very often, how are we going to pay for it? And so, so it's a legitimate issue, the, the, but the, pro, the heart of this problem is Planned Parenthood. Um, which looms even bigger than this offset, uh, this K-4s so right. issue. Yeah, to
2: these crap.
5: And while they're fighting over this, who's getting bitten? Well, folks down in Puerto Rico are getting bitten. Folks in South Florida are getting bitten. And folks in the Coast Guard are getting bitten. And that's what really pissed me off about all of this. They're doing their jobs, folks. They're going out. They're doing the search and rescue. They're doing their jobs. Folks in Puerto Rico are living their lives, or they're trying to. But meanwhile, as Alan has so eloquently said, my side, the Democrats, are refusing. No, I don't agree with what they're doing on Planned Parenthood, but I don't care. I am not going to stand in the way of finding a preventive action. I don't want to see people being, uh, you know, being bitten. I being don't infected. want being affected yeah. I don't want them. You know, suffering because Congress is refusing to act, and that's the problem.
1: Congress so they're refusing Banel.
5: to act. People are suffering.
1: Congress uh, for now. The Republic, first of all, I've never seen a rump session out of which anything good came. <clears throat> One. Two, I don't see... A political odd. rump session. Yeah.
3: <laughs> a political rump session,
1: yes. All rump sessions are political. All right. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Depends <laughs>
3: on your definition of rump, but go ahead. <laughs>
1: All right, you've really already dealt with my hip. Now, now we're, we're going to my rump. Yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I think I think I think the Republicans' chances of coming out of this thing looking good are nil. Really,
2: Bob Hines, you agree? Pretty much. Is there anything? That, is there any way that the Republicans could save face? Can Can Paul Ryan get and can? Harry Reid and Mitch McConnell get forward something substantial in this last lame-duck session of Congress that will not look like a total disaster. It will be very difficult.
4: Very difficult. But it can be done. I, do I expect it to be done? I hope it will be done.
2: Does, does this put a potential, Paul Ryan, where assuming that Uh, that the Republicans maintain control of the House, that Paul Ryan more than likely will remain speaker for all intents and purposes. But does this put in the 119th Congress, a Paul Ryan speakership already behind an eight ball that he
3: doesn't really need? Alan Moore. Well, Uh, you know, they, they they would like the, the leadership would like to, to, to get spending bills for 2017 that they can all live with throughout 2017 and not be faced with it either in November, December, which is at least a certainty <laughs> or, or, uh, you know, through uh, sometime early next year when they would like to be thinking about a new president and a new set of, uh, of priorities and new challenges. I, I, I mean, I don't see some, I I don't think that, that the, the Republicans are going to do serious harm to themselves with all of this, unless they get suckered into closing down the government, which you know, I think they're prepared to give stuff up. And the, and the Democrats, by the way, you know, this is going to be a shock. There are Democrats and Republicans who in their heart of hearts really do care about the country, really do want the government to continue functioning and are willing to make compromises and decisions that, at least at some level, incorporate their view of the proper role of government and aren't just about politics.
1: And Congressman, now, last and word. what that will take is for the Republicans to give on Planned Parenthood. But is
2: it within their capacity no, to
1: give a little no, bit? No, no, not
2: going to happen.
3: Hey, uh, I was I, wrong on that one, by the way. Now he said much to say today that I could agree with. but That one, you don't agree? I think there's some compromise potential. I don't see them giving it up entirely, but there's a lot of middle ground. I'm so so glad he didn't agree with me on everything. Ah, there we go.
2: Hey, we do have to talk about uh, the political media scene going on in uh, New York and Washington. We have to talk about the announcement today uh, in Vanity Fair and was confirmed uh, in some part by other media sources. Uh, but Vandy Fair broke the story this morning that um, Fox News paid Gretchen Carlson, a former anchor and a key highlight on Fox News, $20 million in settlement in her allegations against Roger Ailes and Fox News uh, regarding her sexual harassment claims. Uh, it has also been announced today that. Uh, key prime time figure Greta Van Sustern Unexplicably Just Left and parted ways with Fox News Didn't even tell her staff Just walked out of Fox News Citing a clause in her contract That she could uh, uh, Depart at any time at this point uh, In a tweet that she put out And on a Facebook post That she put out on her personal Facebook page Basically said she's not been happy at Fox News for several years, and this was the time she just pulled the plug. The, the big question here is, there is a big problem at the right kind of leaning Fox News that seems to be a morale problem. Now they've got credibility problems that are coming back out. How, how, how dangerous right now? Bob Hines, you were Vice President of Government Affairs at a major, broad, uh, major network, and NBC. How bad is the situation at Fox News? Can Fox News recover from this? Well, from the standpoint of a former NBC guy,
4: I think it's good. <laughs> 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 but, the of, but the fact of the matter is, they've got to clean their act up. They've got to do it. They've got to do it quick. Otherwise, you know, it, it, it could be, it could, it could be dead.
5: It's going to be costly. But, I mean, Very it's, costly. I've been involved in these these negotiations before, and um, the 20 million isn't the only one they're going to have to pay out. They're going to be paying out a lot more. And at some point in time, people are going to say, "Okay, where would this money come from?" Because the insurance companies are going to say, "We're not covering it. We did not assume this liability. You're you're eating this out of pike. Yeah. We're going to do yeah. this." This then, is out of pocket. Bingo. Yeah. So this is out of pocket. Then the shareholders and others that are involved in all of these corporations are going to say, and for how long did you know about this? Yeah. And why did you assume this liability? And the third part about it is going to be, at what point in time are you planning on cleaning this up? Because this isn't going to be the little drip, drip, drip that's happened in the past, which is why... All of the women and you the she will not be the only one are now coming forward. This is going to be brutal, it's going to be costly, and if they don't address this in the next month or so, they're done. At, at the end, uh, they are done. And Ethel Ken Rupert Murdoch done anyway.
2: Well Rupert Murdoch has taken a lot of heat over this. And Rupert Murdoch allegedly has been considering doing a major shakeup. He's already shaken up the leadership of Fox News, but there's been word out of New York and uh, and out of London that He may just redo and revamp the entire network and change it. Is is that dangerous for Fox News?
0: I I don't think he's got a choice. So to assume that Roger Ailes um, was carrying on in this manner for as long as he was without his direct reports and some of their direct reports not knowing about it and turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to it, Either for fear or going along, however you want to put it, um, he's got no choice other than, than to turn to turn this thing on its side, clean it out if he if he leaves it in place, or completely dismantle it. Is it
2: is there pressure on Rupert Murdoch right now, Alan Moore, that, that he's just basically got to go on camera and say, look, we effed up, we got this is what we got to do to fix it. And this is how we're going to fix so it.
3: I don't see Rupert Murdoch going on the air. Rupert Murdoch's son, though, yeah, exactly. is is now, you know, apparently a major force uh, at, at Fox News. I, call me a skeptic. Twenty million dollars at this stage seems like a lot of money. Vanity Fair was the source. It's not usually breaking news. It's it, it, they may have a settlement. It may be multi-million dollars. As, as Denise points out, there's some. There's, there's a, a, a couple of other pending cases and one of the problems with a settlement is if you have, if you settle one case and you've got some others uh, that, are, that are similar, um, you, you start setting a pattern and other people are, are looking for money um, and, and, and are looking for for, for, big, for big fat settlements. It may be though that I mean the Murdochs have a lot of money. and they would like this to go away. They decided to cut uh, Roger Ailes loose. I don't think that the Greta Van Susteren thing is connected to this, but I don't know. I think she she apparently had an unusual contract where she had to act now, um, and, and or felt like she needed to act now, but she's not walking away with twenty million bucks. So it, it I, I don't think that that Fox News is going to go under. They are the most watched cable news program out there. They've got the most popular uh, anchors. Um, men and women. Have they got problems? You bet they've got problems. It's 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 a it's a perception problem, it's an image problem that that nobody wants. And I'm guessing that they're willing to pay a premium to get out from under uh the, the, the negative publicity. Twenty million just seems awfully extreme given the other pending cases, but but they're not going anywhere. They'll be around. They've got They've got loyal followers, loyal listeners. Uh, when when their when their uh, uh, sponsors start challenging and checking out, then we can talk about that. I disagree. Really
5: disagree. Twenty million is not what she asked for. So w- when you're in these negotiations, um, you reach a happy middle point, <laughs> not so happy middle point, but you reach a middle point. I can guarantee you, twenty million is not what she asked for. She asked for a lot more. But what they Settled, and I will use the word settled because this is a settlement, yes. was $20 million plus an apology. Now, when you go into these types of settlements, you, you have what Gretchen did, was she probably asked for a heck of a lot more, and she probably had more than one request, including the apology. Fox looked at it. They made the calls to their insurance, who said we're not paying. They made their calls to the lawyers, who said settle it now. They made some other phone calls. And they made the risk calculation. This is a risk calculation of if we do a 20 million, will we solve this? And the answer is yes, because I'm guessing and what we haven't heard is not only did she settle for 20 million, she's not going to be talking anymore. And that's what they were afraid of.
4: And that's they did idea. not
2: that's want her to talk. But Bob Hines, it, it still goes back to you know Fox News for a long time was the number one viewed uh, news, 24-hour news station in America. They've since lost ground to CNN, which has taken over the number one spot. Does this just continue the hemorrhaging, or could this potentially continue the hemorrhaging of a uh, situation with uh, Fox News possibly getting the plug pulled? I think
4: it's possible, yes.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if if that was a problem. How big of a hit would this be in in the media circles as we know it? Well, I think uh,
4: other networks wouldn't be unhappy. Very
2: true. (laughs) <laughs> but, but fair enough. Okay,
3: thanks for that yeah. detailed analysis, Bob. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't be unhappy. <laughs> yeah, when something happens to CBS, NBC, and ABC are happy. Damn right. But, but, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> <because> <laughs> <probably> <laughs> know what we're talking about <laughs> but, but
2: No, but here, here's the thing. I mean, Fox News has a loyal viewing. I mean, they've largely been the, the GOP's mouthpiece in the 24-hour news cycle. Where does the right leaning viewers of Fox News go
3: to get their feed of right leaning viewers? The people who like Fox News are gonna continue to go to Fox News yeah. period. You don't think that there's a possibility that Fox News will go
6: no, no, I don't no unless unless
3: they are able to sell at a huge premium to <laughs> Donald Trump and his backers once he loses the election. What? <laughs> <laughs> Not only reaching
6: out. This
3: is
0: story-breaking. Story Good job, Alan. Admiral Cattle, I, I think that the one piece of this that I, I think probably would bear some deeper analysis is, so some number of months ago, um, there was this belief that the Republican Party had this war on women going on. So had a war on women going on. Now, here here's Fox News. Uh, that has been, uh, been, you know, said to have the equivalence of a Playboy uh, club type of mentality. And this is the mouthpiece of of the party, of the Republican Party. And you know, like it, not like it. Face it, sometimes they do a pretty good job of getting our side of the story out. Sometimes they don't. But this this is not something that's that's going to sit well uh, for anybody. My hope is that Rupert Murdoch takes control of this, cleans it out. Leaves out the house, and that Fox News can go back to what it was before, and, and it, it became this entity that, 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 quite frankly, has been almost unrecognizable for the last last eight years. And I can just say, what down. was
5: the most sickening piece or part of the, um, there was a story that came out about Roger Ailes this weekend, was the female anchors and the female personnel who would go to the makeup artist and say, I've got, a, I've got a meeting with Roger make me look pretty. That is so revolting. Okay. And so stomach churning, revolting that they had to do that in 2016. That's going to be one of the reasons, very bluntly, that if Roger Ailes truly is one of the ones that is advising Trump and he continues to advise right, Trump, that'll be the reason that women come out and vote. For Donald Trump because to be told that in order to go see the boss as a man you have to put your face on kiss my ass. <laughs> <Family show. laughs> All right, yeah, exactly. That's a very good exact question. Exactly. Yeah,
6: yeah. <laughs> you got
3: it, yeah, yeah, got to tone that down uh, let, let's let's we're gonna go pretty out tangled, out. tangled web that yeah, we're having. Yeah, to yeah, yeah
2: let yeah. So anyway, we're coming up to uh, the ten minute mark and it comes to my favorite part of the show where we tell me a story which uh, we talked about news innuendo and rumor going around the Beltway inside now. Bob mind tell me a story. I don't have
4: one today. Okay.
1: Congressman. now. I'm wondering if, if, if Fox news goes under, who is going to carry the cudgel for the war on Christmas?
2: Sean Handy will go on the internet. We'll be competing against him on blog talk radio. he scrap? I've gotten
5: to know uh, a very interesting group of, of individuals at the Library Congress who are doing phenomenal work with veterans. It's called the Veterans uh, History Project, where they go around the country and they take oral histories from veterans. If you're a veteran, go talk to them. They're, they're compiling all this wonderful information. And not only is it the oral history for the veterans, but there's a piece of legislation that's supposed to be on the floor this week talking about the Gold Star families and Um, enabling the Gold Star family to be part of this. We have a rich history in the United States, and I was lucky enough to hear a lot about this when I grew up from my own father. But other folks weren't. So if you have the history, share it, please. It's worth other people listening and learning. Alan Moore, tell me
2: a
3: story. So there continues to be (coughs) much discussion about the health of Hillary Clinton. And she's clearly got... uh, uh, a a a throat and coughing fits that that act up now we've often over the course of history watched politicians talk themselves hoarse and and it's not that uncommon and if you keep talking and you keep talking it's not that uncommon that you start coughing about it um I've got a suggestion to make to the Rudy Giuliani's of the world and Trump supporters who say that there's something going on with her health and that that she needs to come clean. How about this? How about we get a team of doctors, three, four doctors, that both, both candidates would agree to, and we allow them full access to their health history, full access to the candidates, give them full physicals. Write it up, apples to apples. What do we find? What's Hillary Clinton's health? What's Donald Trump's health? And at the same time, we do the health piece. We get three accountants that they can both agree (laughs) to, and we have the three accountants look at Hillary Clinton's tax returns and Donald Trump's tax returns and tell us what they think. He's under an audit.
2: He's not going to allow his tax returns to be. uh, I'm just making
3: a proposal.
2: (laughs) No, I
0: haven't, I haven't. Admiral Ken, tell me a story. Well, I didn't have one until a second ago. Oh,
2: you do now. now. I do now.
0: So back in the 80s, Huey Lewis and the News had the song called I Want a New Drug. I want to find that and give it to Alan because he needs a bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love you, man. It's not going to happen.
2: <laughs> so last week at Cape Canaveral. So Canaveral Air Force Station, uh, many, many, uh, many viral videos. Of a SpaceX Dragon 9 rocket exploding on the pad of Cape Canaveral just went all over the globe. Uh, The bigger concern here, the bigger story here, is now NASA has a problem. NASA now has a problem as far as getting supplies up to the International Space Station, as well as they have another problem is, does this put back manned space flight several years. Uh, Elon Musk has come out saying that this now has affected the launch schedule for several satellites. Commercial space right now is tenuous right now. This now is going to be a budget problem for NASA going forward. So the question now is, does NASA take over putting rockets in space or do we allow commercial space programs like SpaceX, or Orbital, which is owned by uh, Bezos and, and the folks at Amazon, do we take over the space program the way it was back in the 90s, back in the 80s, even back in the heyday of the moonshots? Big, big problems as far as manned space spaceflight and our space program going forward because of that little static explosion down at Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. So that being said, on behalf of Bob Hines, Connor Al, Denise Krabb, Alan Moore, uh, Admiral Ken Caroline. I am your host and moderator, Justin Russell. We will be back next week, live from Shelley's Backroom, 1331 F Street, in the heart of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Bob? The place to be. Absolutely. You can follow us on our on our webpage at www.backroompolitics.org. You can follow us on our Twitter account, at Backroom Politics. You can also email your questions concerns, justin at backroompolitics.org. And you can follow our political comments on our partner at Sidewire, Sidewire Sidewire.com, for the latest political news and gossip that's going on around. Download the app if you haven't yet. Uh, We'll be back next week. Have a great week, America. Bye-bye.